Hi, everybody. So glad that you're with us. I'm Mike Gonzalez alongside Bernadette Pillar for our very first edition of Bernadette Pillar Real Estate Podcast. Bernadette, so excited to be with you. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to be here, Mike. I've been I've been waiting for this day to Yes, I'm just so delighted to have you and my and my family and my team. Yeah, we, we've got a great team, that's for sure. So, all right, let's get right into it. Inventory, inventory, inventory. That has really been the, the most talked about thing in this past few years. You know, first of all, why is inventory so low right now? And there's such a demand for housing. Well, there are several reasons why inventory is so low. People talk about the millennials. Millennials, you know, we've got our different generations, but the millennials waited so long to buy. That's a big indicate, a big uh, reason for inventory being low. But low interest rates are a reason right. for low inventory. Uh, sellers are holding on to their homes longer because um, they bought bought low and they're waiting for them to for their prices to rise and for them to level off. So. Um, you know, for their investment to ripen, if you will. Those are, uh, that's another reason for inventory being low. Um, let me think, uh, we have low interest rates, we have more home, homeowners holding on. Um, does COVID have anything to do with low inventory? Um, that is a question I get all the time. Um, we were experiencing low inventory before COVID, okay? Right. Has COVID contributed to that? Well, of course it, it has in the sense that um, building has been uh, stifled. Um, you, you know, we see increased um, prices for wood and, and all of that. Um, you know, the different states have put barriers on um, building and construction. So, of course, it did contribute. But I, I would be um, inexperienced and negligent to say that COVID is the reason because it has it, it really has a, a little bit to do with it. We already were experiencing low inventory. Yeah. So with that being said, gosh, houses are going two days. They are gone. And, and we talked about this uh, a little bit the other day, just offline, how important it is to have a real estate agent. Because if, I mean, we've experienced this, friends, clients calling on their own before they reach out to us and saying, gosh, I'm calling around and boy, it's gone before I even get to the table. So let's talk about that a little bit and why your services are so important, really important in a market like this. Okay, but I'm going to say our services, Mike, because you're now yeah. you're now you're now <laughs> a true. licensed realtor. I got I got to I got to remember that I'm part of the team now. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so our services are very important, and I don't want to sell, sound like a salesperson here, okay? But it's just like I I tell um, you know I've been 16 years in the business, um, licensed in uh, Washington State and in Hawaii, by the way. A little plug there. Um, and we're soon to be in Idaho. Um, but uh, this is not a sales pitch. Um, it's like, you know, people having their own doctor, their own dentist, their own attorney, their own financial advisor. You know, it really just makes sense to have your own realtor. You need to have a knowledgeable realtor in your pocket uh, to help. Um, uh, properties are, if they're positioned correctly, priced correctly, they are flying off the market. And so uh, by, consumers are getting frustrated when they're gone, you know, they'll be on the market one day and two days later in their mind, they're gone, sometimes even faster than that. Your third-party websites, uh, Trulia, Realtor.com, Homes.com, Zillow, they're usually 24 hours behind um, with updates. And sometimes Realtors are not able to update the status on the MLS, which feeds to them as fast because of being, we're so busy right now. So 
um, having your own realtor to where you can um, be um, set up on a sophisticated uh, search, uh, search engine um, and getting notified of properties within 10 minutes of them coming on the market. I'm not going to give away all my secrets, but I have a communication and plan strategy with my buyers that when, and, and, and as you do, um, working with us, that um, when a client gets notified of a property within 10 minutes of it coming on the market, they're communicating with us right away. We can get in touch with the listing agent and let that listing agent know that we have a strong qualified buyer and to please, um, you know, please work with us or, or wait for us. Right. And get, even if we can't get, get the buyer in right away, okay? So, um, but it's not just that. It's, it's shopping for the home, um, opening a door and letting a buyer in the home is only a small percentage of what our duties are. Um, being experienced in our market um, is, is, is even more key than in a buyer's market or a balanced market because we need to, you need to be working with realtors who um, know how to work in a multiple offer situation, how to, how to what strategies um, you can put into place to win, uh, win that home, you know? So um, it is, our services are just invaluable. I mean, we, yeah, all those you know, nuances. I feel it's very necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all, everything that you bring to the table. So I mean, yeah. and that our team. So, uh, so really quick, whether it's you or me, or right. anyone on our team, you know, I would say the same thing. It's, it, you know, it's a sales call, sales call maybe to some, but whether it's us, we're applying for the job, by the way, but whether it's right. us or not, you need to uh, hire your own realtor. Yes. So important. That's what I let everybody know. And of course, I'm, I'm pitching our team. Let's talk about um, home prices in the sense of starter home versus, you know, maybe a, a higher end home. Uh, let's say I'm in the market for a half million dollar home. Is that inventory moving just as quickly as say a $250,000 home? Let's start with a little bit higher level. So the um, higher level properties um, are going fast as well. If they're positioned correctly, we are seeing a lack of inventory in all price ranges. But it goes without saying um, that the, the beginning level homes, which are much, we are at a much, excuse me, much higher start than we right. used to be. But um, that those are going like yesterday, okay? Right. The properties priced above, you know, above 250, 300,000, if positioned correctly, those two are seeing multiple offer situations and they are still, they are going fast. Um, I don't want to dwell on any other markets. Um, this is mainly for the Washington market, but um, I do want to mention really quick, like that, um, as you know, I mentioned, I'm a realtor in Hawaii as well. I um, just closed on several properties. One, we were competing at 1.2 million. Um, one at um, 650,000, another one at 700,000. Um, so, it, so it's happening in Hawaii as well. My sister lives in New York. I'm from New York originally, Mike. And um, my sister and brother-in-law sold their home last year thinking that they would build. They turned around and bought a piece of land and they were living in a condo. Their term ran out. Mom says to them, well, just come stay with me till that, you know, until you you know, until, cause they decided they, they didn't want to build with COVID right. that did change their plans. And so they decided, okay, we'll sell that land now and we'll, we'll just buy a resale. 
So right. mom says, well, just move in with me just for, you know, a normal escrows, 30, 45 days, just move in with me. And when you, when you, you know, you can buy your house and move out, it's been a year later, they cannot find a house to save their life. They are now, however, building again, they bought, they have to go back to the building idea. Right. They bought another piece of land and they're building their house won't be done till early spring. We won't talk about the family dynamics. <laughs> I was gonna, that was, that's what was going through my head. Boy, I, I hope they're all getting along. That's, that's oh, they do. They, they love each other, but it is not without it. Yeah, I mean, without, you know, I just, I just got to, as you know, I just got to go home and visit. Right. And, yeah, that, um, and uh, I, I could tell that they are ready. They are ready. Good thing. Ready my sister. Spread out. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, she has the upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> but they're ready. Story. So, well, so the reason I mentioned those scenarios, Mike, it's because, you know, it, it's, a, it's a national thing. It's, right. it's, it's across the nation that we're seeing, seeing this. And so if properties are positioned correctly, and that is the key thing, um, they, are, they are also selling quickly. Mm -hmm. Another thing I wanted to touch on is uh, we get a lot of young folks that come to our agency and, and they starter homes. And I've heard that argument that a starter home doesn't exist anymore. Are there starter homes? And, and, and my question within this question, Bernadette, is if I'm a young person and I'm, I'm looking for my first home, what is the best way to go about it? Well, again, start? it goes uh, to your first home. Um, you really, okay, in this market, um, being a first time home buyer without at least your closing costs and your small down payment is going to be tough. Let's be, uh, let's be upfront about it. Yeah. I don't want, I, I, I'm a teacher for the Washington State Housing Finance Commission. I have enjoyed teaching classes since about 2016. That's an approximate, I mean, uh, excuse me, 2006. Uh, that's an approximation. Um, so for a long time, um, and, you know, we're talking about, um, Oh, 15 years now. Right. And I, I am a very big supporter of VA loans and your Washington State Housing Finance Commission first time home buyer program. But we're, we need to be we need to be upfront with our consumers that unless you have a good down payment, a decent down payment, um, and it doesn't have to be 20% down, but you want at least three to 5% right. and have your closing costs, which depending on the price of the home, you know, can range from 6,000 to 8,000, right, uh, dollars. If you don't have that money, it's going to be hard. We need to talk the real, the real truth. It's going to be really hard to get into a home right now because you're competing with others. And right. when a seller has multiple offers to choose from and you're comparing against, you know, a buyer who is, you know, zero down um, right. and to a seller doesn't look like they're vested, um, compared to that buyer who has, you know, 3% to any, anywhere from 3% to 20% down, you know, the seller has their choices and, um, and they can choose a you know, an offer, even if it's for a dollar, if they want, you know, as long right. as there's no discrimination involved. Right. right. So, um, so anyway, um, to answer your question as how, how to become a first time home buyer, you need to probably um, set yourself up a little bit stronger than you would in a more balanced or buyer's market. Um, you need to be able to function from a little bit better position of strength. So if you can save or get gift money to help you with that down payment and your closing costs, um, that is going to get you a lot farther with getting your offer accepted right now.
Uh, some really great advice. Those days of, gosh, I remember my first home when the seller actually paid the closing costs. Those days, they seem long gone. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, we're, we're, you know, I don't want to discourage our consumers, our buyers, right. because um, home ownership is so important. Um, you know that. Um, oh, yeah. I know that. And we want everyone to own a home. But we don't want to set them up for frustration and failure either. And so um, to say never, you know, that it's not going to happen or never um, is not fair either. But realistically, you know, they really should, you know, a consumer, a buyer should realistically have their down payment. Um, I mean, excuse me, their closing costs. Right. Um, closing costs, by the way, include their appraisal, their um their prepaids like uh, taxes and insurance, their lender, you know, costs that they're called closing costs um, because they encompass all of that. Right. So, um, so if they have their closing costs at least and, and a slight down payment, they're functioning from a better position to ask a seller to pay closing costs. Um, that's a whole nother podcast, by the way, we'll talk right. about that because um, the seller never pays closing costs in my mind because the right. buyer, you know, you increase the, the price, right? Right, exactly. Um, but it still is, the buyer looks at it, even if you increase the price, it is still, the property has to appraise for that amount. Right, exactly. Still, you know? yeah. yeah. So we won't get off on that tangent. Again, that's another, for another podcast, but to see a seller paying seller you know, to pay buyer closing costs these days is a little bit more challenging. Right. Um, just like even inspection, asking seller to um, to uh, deal with uh, inspection items is a challenge right. these days. So, and and that's something I'm seeing too, and, and hearing from friends in the industry is uh, they've got their buyer that's looking for properties and. They're going way above list price. They're they're going without inspections and and people. A lot of people are rolling the dice and buying properties that maybe haven't been inspected. Or in some cases, I've heard people are actually buying properties that they've only seen pictures. What advice do you give to people, really on on both ends of the spectrum? You know, they might be uh, a buyer, they might be a seller. It's it's such a complex. It's really such a complex question. Well, um, for a seller, it's a really good thing when an inspection is waived. That goes without saying, right. but um, it is. It's a really good thing. I am on both ends of it, and let me tell you, it's not fun. Right. For instance, it's always I always like to give examples. It kind of helps to for people to see examples. So, without giving any names, um, we just closed on buyer transaction this last um, this last week. The pro the property was listed at about two ninety nine. Our buyers had lost out on several properties and they were they were just determined that they wanted this particular property. Right. They, they were done losing out. They wanted it. Um, they could already see um, people as they were looking at it. They could see other people in line waiting to see it. So they offered $360,000 from $299 wow. to $360,000. Um, they said to me, Bernadette, we want this property. Get this property for us. Well, it's hard for a realtor. We don't, we want inspections. Right. I mean, uh, let me correct that. You know, I can't speak for all realtors, but I am a realtor and you are a realtor that believes in the inspection process. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, we, 
we believe in the inspection process. And so when a, when a buyer says to us that they want to waive the inspection, it's like, you know, it's, it's right. scary. Right. Um, you've heard of the money pit, you know, there's movies out there for that. Yeah. Um, so these particular clients, they said, Bernadette, what do we need to do? And I, so I'm telling this and they said, they're the ones who offered and said to me, we're waiving inspection. And I'm like, Oh, you know, right. the house did seem solid. Um, it, um, you know, it, anyway, we don't want to dwell on that. But we offered 360 on a 299, and they did a 60,000 as a document. In well, I don't want to give all our secrets away, but they did. They agreed to bring in the an additional 60,000 in the event of a low appraisal. So oh, nice. um, we we actually got the offer accepted before the seller was even planning on reviewing all of the other offers. So. You know, that's one example of what we're seeing. Um, on the other side of it, I'm representing a property on the South Hill. I sold to my clients um, years ago, um, beautiful young family. They just had their first baby. I'm so excited. I actually just came from seeing them. Um, anyway, the house we listed in the low 400s, that house, multiple offers, and we got up over 500,000. No garage to this. I mean, it's a great house. Don't get me wrong. Right. Great, great house. But a half a million for a house that doesn't even have a garage, Mike. I know. It, it's half unbelievable. A million. Yeah. And um, good for them. They are right. so excited for them. They're going to have yeah, a little nest egg. They're moving out of area. So I'm hoping someday that they'll return to Spokane. But yeah. these are the kinds of things that we're seeing. And um, so you got you you got to be prepared, but it's not getting any better anytime soon. Um, it just isn't. We um, we're anticipating interest rates possibly being decreased again, right. um, especially if um, especially if the different states um, decide to shut down. Um, we're thinking, you know, I just when I say we, um, me and our primary uh, lender. We're thinking that they're going to lower interest rates again. And here we are, you know, in this uh, right. scenario for a long time. Yeah, um, it looks like the prices will continue to rise until more inventory gets out there. Um, right. Just wanted to ask you one more question uh, before we wrap it up. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit off topic, but but sort of on topic, if you will. You know, to, to increase the housing inventory. What do you think needs to be done, Bernadette? You're, you've been in this this game a long time, and and do we need to build more affordable housing? Do we need more diversity? Do we need more mixed use? I, I know it's a tough question to answer, but uh, actually, I mean, you just you actually covered on quite a the quite a few of the items that I think would contribute would provide more housing. Um, nobody's going to like me when I say <laughs> that um, interest rates probably shouldn't be decreased as low as we right. are seeing them. Um, I think that that's going to, you know, with the low interest rates, um, as low as they are and could possibly get to again, that's going to keep us in this position. Um, but I want everybody to hear me when I say that I remember a time when interest rates were 18%, then 12%. So when you have buyers, um, especially our, you know, younger buyers, um, right. Uh, who are saying, oh my God, interest rates going up to four and a half or five percent. You're like, you know, when we laugh at you, please don't get mad at us because, yes. um, and, and I'm not old by any means. I'm a young, no, I'm we're, a young we're grandma about, yeah. and everything. 
But, My first home, um, it was 12%. I, re I remember it was 12% mm -hmm. interest. And we're like, oh, that's, that's pretty good. And then we got it refinanced to eight. And I, I was yeah. like, oh, man, we're really kicking some butt on this. So, but yeah. yeah. See the yeah. And I didn't want to change the subject of what you <laughs> asked of me. But but when you hear, you know, when you hear of the, you know, when consumers hear me say, you know, perhaps the interest rate shouldn't be uh, so low, um, please don't get mad at me because even at four, four and a half, five percent, even up to six percent. I'm sorry, folks, but even interest rates at that amount are uh, still really good in interest rates when you look at in the scheme of things. So, um, you know, and, and I get arguments that say, well, price, uh, cost of homes is more, you know, but it's all it's all relative, you know. So anyway, to increase the marketplace, I think uh, I mean, increase inventory into the marketplace. I believe all of what you said, um, more affordable housing, um, multi-generational um, multi, um, type housing. Right. Um, but um, building, um, we do still have room to build. And I think that might be the one thing that is being a little bit impeded by, the, you know, by COVID and um, right. costs, cost to build. So I think all of those. And then... Um, you know, more sellers selling, but where are they going to yeah. go? Yeah, you know, there's nowhere to go. go. It's like yeah. selling your car and not, not having a car dealership to go to. Well, uh, right. we've, co we've covered a lot of ground in uh, our very first Bernadette Pillar Real Estate podcast. So I think it went pretty well. I mean, I, I hope so. I hope that everybody <laughs> enjoys it. And, and I should have fun because you know how much I adore you. So oh, yeah. we, like, we always likewise. have fun together. All yeah. right. Before we let everybody go, um, let's... Uh, you give them the, the main office number of our main office our website address how people can get a hold of us absolutely so here in spokane 509-598-8570 is our main number uh you can reach mike at his number mike um 509-850-4748 and you can also email me my email address is on the screen Okay, and I am Bernadette Pillar, designated broker, Bernadette Pillar Real Estate uh, Office. And my number directly, if you have any questions, is 509-868-9181. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bernadette. It was great being with you. And thanks for watching and listening. On behalf of Bernadette Pillar Real Estate, I'm Mike Gonzalez saying join us next time for the next Bernadette Pillar Real Estate Podcast. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. Thanks, Mike. Aloha.